Hello once again, funky listeners, and welcome to Funk Radio. Okay. This is your host, Kyle. And this is your host, Peter. How are you doing today, Kyle? It's feeling like today's one of those days where I'm making a lot of happy accidents. <laughs> Mostly in my pants. <laughs> that happens every day for you. <laughs> they need to have a brand of, like, adult under or adult diapers called Happy Accidents, and they have, like, little trees on them. God. Terrible. So, for those of you that don't know what the hell we're talking about, Peter can enlighten us. Yes, I will. <laughs> so, listeners, uh, you may or may not know, I don't know how much we've mentioned it on the show, but the two of us are pretty big fans of uh, The Joy of Painting with Bob Ross. Uh, it's a pretty neat show. Uh, we're going to spend a few minutes, very short episode, talking about it, um, specifically the the theme song of that show, which a lot of people may or may not be familiar with, but we'll, we'll explain it. I'm not really sure what made me think of doing this topic other than the fact that, uh, a lot of episodes were added to Netflix within the last week or so. Yeah. I don't, they didn't really make too much of an announcement about it, but since it's the beginning of June and every, at the beginning of every month, Netflix adds new stuff. They added, uh, the joy of painting. Personally, I've been, uh, pretty happy that in like the last couple of years it's been a lot easier to watch episodes of this show um yeah for sure i remember trying a couple of years ago to watch it and really the only uploads you could find of it were stuff people uploaded on like basically russian youtube and in russia youtube watch you so kind of sketchy sites and they were hard to find and they would get taken down all the time um yeah but then in the last year or so, I know there's been a YouTube channel that's uploaded basically every single episode. Um, Twitch had a big thing. I was going to say, yeah, uh, for Bob Ross's birthday, I think it was this last this year, they yeah. um, streamed every episode back-to-back on Twitch. Yeah, and it was like a couple days straight or something. Yeah, it was like four four days of nothing but Bob Ross. Pretty awesome. So I think like that's kind of a timeline of recently them being more accessible to everybody to... To watch, and then of course now Netflix is making it even easier. I don't think they have everything. I think it's like a collection. But I mean, mm-hmm. the the kind of the nice thing about that show is that if you've seen one episode, you've seen them all, because they're all very similar. But that doesn't make it any less awesome. True. So, um, let's spend thirty seconds at the beginning of this just explaining what the show is for the two or three people out there who don't know what it is. <laughs> it's um, a PBS show. That stars Bob Ross, who was a very talented, I guess, nature scene painter. Mm-hmm. He definitely had a niche. But, um, and every show, which was usually, you know, 30 minute episodes, whatever, he would basically just have it him and an easel and his little paint palette. What, what the fuck are those things called? You know, yeah, I'm, about the paint. I'm blanking. Even though we're both art people, I don't know how we can not think right? of that. Oh my god. Anyways, his yeah, his paint palette. Um and every episode he would just from pure scratch paint a nature scene. Um and while painting he would, you know, he would tell stories, he would talk about the process of painting and creativity in general mm-hmm. and just give really good kind of life lessons, I suppose. Yeah. A lot um, of inspiring thoughts I've gotten from him. Yeah, um, I remember one episode in particular that I thought was kind of inspiring. It was a little silly, but kind of inspiring. Mm -hmm. Was he said that like a viewer 
once told him like, oh, I would love to paint like you do, but I'm colorblind. So basically to show them, you know, that his thing was always anyone can paint. Uh, To show him that, you know, he too can actually paint and draw well, he painted an entire landscape in just grayscale. Mm. Which I, part of me always laugh because I'm like, colorblind people don't see in grayscale, they just get colors confused. But then I guess at the same time, it kind of makes sense. If you get colors confused, you know, you're limited in what, in what colors you can use that you do under, that you perceive properly, I guess. So grayscale would still make sense. It makes sense that he would just, he would be focusing on like value and contrast versus exactly hues and stuff. Um, so I don't know. I always thought that was in particular was very cool. So yeah, um, very, uh, very kind soul, gentle voice. Yeah. Awesome hair. Which, I mean, I don't know how, how much we want to go into his backstory, but it, 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 where he came from before the show is like the last place you would ever think a guy like him would come from. He basically was like, I, if, I, if I'm correct, he was a drill sergeant. Oh, yeah, he was. But then he didn't like yelling at people all the time. So you painted. I don't yeah, remember. like a catharsis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it says here he was a master sergeant in the Air Force uh, in Alaska, which is probably where he learned to love the shit out of nature. Because I noticed a lot of his scenes are very mountainous. He, in like literally every other episode, he mentions that he lived in Alaska for some number of years and that he mm-hmm. always loves it. So I, yeah, I think you're right. That is where a lot of his landscapes I'll, come from. Are inspired from, yeah. Makes sense. Uh, we uh, probably should try to keep this short. And move on yeah, to sorry. like the song part but of I it. Just, I just love him so much. I know. Basically, the show, like you said, it was on PBS. Um, it ran from 1983 to 1994, which is 11 years. I can't believe this. It comprised of uh, 31 seasons and ran 403 wow. episodes. So that means they were doing it like almost three seasons a year for 11 years. Probably. I mean... <sighs> From what I would imagine, just because of how he painted and how they filmed it, he could probably knock out multiple episodes in a day. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how the production schedule worked, but that would be my guess. Yeah. So um, let's actually, we're going to get into the the theme song in a minute. I know we've kind of been off, not off track, but. Circling the topic. Yeah. So um, I actually want to play a clip from the show itself. Just him painting and talking about painting because he's awesome. (laughs) Um, either you've never heard him before and you're going to learn now or you already have heard him and it should be a treat for you too and let's take we'll use old two inch brush and grab this decide where water and land meet and pull straight down once again straight down son of a gun instant reflections go across and that easy that easy and see these reflections you can push them see how you can push them because the canvas is wet, you can do that. You can do anything here. On this canvas, you have total and absolute power, unlimited power here. <laughs> when I go home, only thing I can do is take a garbage out. But here, I can do anything that I want to do. That was a bit of Bob Ross, Joy of Painting, good shit. I, I read somewhere that his voice, and there's like this weird psychological thing to it, mm like, hits a certain tonal range that, like, the human ear finds pleasing. And certain people's <laughs> voices kind of just do that, and those people, when they orate or when they instruct, have this weird calming effect on a lot of people because their voices are within that sort of pleasing range. 
And I, I read somewhere that his is one of those voices. Interesting. So like, oh, that makes sense. So it's actually like a scientific thing. Kinda. Huh. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So let's get into the meat of this episode. Um, mm. So the theme song, and we'll play a clip of it in a second, but I'm just going to lead into it here. Um, it's actually called Interlude. Uh, it's kind of a peaceful instrumental track composed by a guy named Larry Muhoborak. So unfortunately on the song itself, I could find basically literally no information on it other than the name and who made it. But I was able to figure out basically, you know, like I said, like YouTube has every single episode. Um, I looked through like the beginning of the first couple episodes in the first season and didn't have the song. Second season does have the song. So I'm thinking that uh, Mohabrak composed this in like either late 1983 or early 1984. So that's around the time that it uh, was made. Um, we do know a bit more about him and actually the guy himself. Um, I was actually kind of surprised about like his history as as a musician. And it's kind of impressive. Um, but first, let's play a clip from uh, from Interlude, the, the theme song to Joy of Painting. interlude i think it's a i think it's a really good match for uh for the show for the show oh yeah totally it fits uh bob ross's personality very well mm-hmm. very peaceful and i think from what i can gather i think this guy did write it for the show specifically so i guess it makes sense anyway so let's talk a little bit about uh, the guy who composed this song um like i said his name was larry mohoborak he had a couple of alternate stage names, one of which is Larry Owens, which I think he goes by quite often. I'm just going to call him Larry Owens for the rest of the episode because that's easier to say. <laughs> um, like I said earlier, it, it's I was, I was impressed that he has kind of a big career in, in terms of music. A lot of people know him as the original keyboardist for the TCB band. And if you don't know who they were, they were basically Elvis's backing band from 1969 until his death in 1977. Um, although Larry was only in the band for about a year and left in around 1970. When I was trying to do a bit of research on Larry Owens, um, practically all of it was from like Elvis fan sites. Hmm. I guess because that's what he's most known for, is for being connected with him. So I found two paragraphs that describe the story pretty well uh, from elvis.com.au. So I guess it's an Australian Elvis site. <laughs> There's a lot of Australian Elvis fans, apparently. But I felt that this describes the story pretty well about how they met. So I'm just going to go ahead and read it straight from that site. Um, they say, in 1959, Larry moved to Memphis. It was here that Larry first met Elvis Presley. He and his band played two of Elvis's charity shows. Not long after this, he moved to the West Coast to become a studio mu- musician. At this time, Elvis, Elvis was still making movies, and he approached Larry to work on his film soundtracks. Pause for a second. I don't really know much about Elvis. I mean, I obviously, everyone knows who Elvis is, but, like, I don't, I've never really cared enough to, like, look deep into his discography as a musician, or I honestly didn't even know that he had, like, a film career. Yeah, he actually made a, a decent amount of movies in the uh, 
mid to late 60s. They were a lot of them were very campy, very kind of popcorn movies. Um, there wasn't anything like super, I don't know, uh, dramatic. Now, were these, but, I don't know if you've seen any of them, but are, were these kind of in the vein of... I've seen Speedway. Oh, you have? Okay. Are mm-hmm. these kind of in the vein of 60s movies where musicians basically just like an hour and a half long commercial for that musician? Um, no, I mean... Or was he actually acting? Of- as a speaking only from seeing speaking only from seeing Speedway, he it wasn't like oh I'm playing Elvis in these movies. He was the char- he was characters in these movies, um, mm-hmm. but being Elvis, you know, he kind of typecast himself into a very specific kind of set of roles. He was always the <laughs> kind of southern gentleman, underdog, bad boy kind of thing, right? If that makes any sense. Um, but, um, I mean, Speedway wasn't terrible. It was cheesy, but it wasn't terrible. Hmm. I mean, the 60s was kind of the, almost like a rebirth of, like, like churning out these low-budget movies. It, start, it started with those surfer movies that they yeah. made in the early 60s yeah. and just evolved into stuff like this. But, uh, I mean, he's not he wasn't a terrible actor in a couple of stuff I've seen him in. Hmm. I want to say I might have seen Hawaiian Style. That sounds familiar, but I can't really speak to it. Hmm. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, so I had, I had no idea he had made, made movies, but apparently he made mm-hmm. a, quite a few. And um, so he, um, Elvis knew Larry Owens because I said he, uh, Larry was one musician who did like, uh, who opened for Elvis and like his charity shows. So he's like, hey, come work for me, do uh, do my film soundtracks. So Larry ended up doing four of the films, Frankie and Johnny in 1966. Um, Paradise Hawaiian Style, also 1966, Speedway in 68, Stay Away Joe, in, also in 68. So Elvis had between one and two movies coming out every year, basically, for a while. Yeah, it, it showed the, I guess, low budget of these movies, the fact that they could turn them out fairly quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting little fact listed here. Larry's hands were also doubled for Elvis's in several movie scenes of Elvis playing the piano. And Larry Owens was a keyboardist, like I mentioned earlier, so it makes sense that he would be a pretty uh, adept piano player. Mm -hmm. So the rest of the stuff I'm going to quote here uh, says, When Elvis decided to return to live performing following the end of his filming contract, his guitarist, James Burton, had had originally contacted uh, Glenn D. Hardin to play piano uh, due to other commitments. Hardin had to decline, so James contacted Larry. Larry jumped at the opportunity. And Elvis was happy to have him on board, having worked with him before. And I guess the rest is history. Does that, that's when he started working for the... I was going to say, I think after TCG his movie band. career, that was when he started uh, uh, performing a lot in Vegas. And it, it was kind of mm. the decline of his career uh, until he like OD'd or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's why that's why in Vegas you see, you see so many goofy Elvis impersonators is because in the... In the Last years of his life, he basically resided there and performed there almost exclusively. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, after working with Elvis, um, Owens continued working with other big names. I was really impressed with this list of names that he's worked with. Uh, Neil Diamond, Tina Turner, Ray Charles, Tanya Tucker, Ray Conniff, and Barbara Streisand. Nice. So, all that considered, I mean, I never would have guessed that the guy behind some very obscure little song for Bob Ross's show would be kind of this guy who worked with all these big names 
and did yeah. all these things. I, I just, just I always just assumed that it was just made by some nobody. Yeah, some nobody hired like contracted by PBS, like, hey, make us a song. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I thought it was kind of neat that there was a, a little bit of history behind that. That is pretty cool. So I read on Wikipedia, apparently as of February 2015, after years of suffering from dementia, Larry was permanently admitted to an institution, which, which is pretty sad. So we're sorry to hear about that about him. But uh, again, I think it's I think it's pretty cool. Like, I guess I'd call it a legacy that he left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like the film soundtracks and uh, his other musical performances. And of course, interlude that we played a few minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a pretty iconic song. I definitely, like, it's one of those songs where you hear, I mean, maybe because I've seen so many of the uh, Bob Ross episodes, but I hear it and I'm like, oh, Bob Ross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's a quick little story about that. There's pretty much not really much else, anything else to say about it anyway. So. <laughs> it's uh, all good. Yeah. So again, um, if you're interested in watching The Joy of Painting with Bob Ross, um, a handful of them are apparently on Netflix now. Mm-hmm. Or you can go watch them on YouTube as well. On Russian tube. No, on actual YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm kind of wondering how the person who put them on YouTube, like, got them. Like, did he have, like, tapes? Or, I um, don't know. He, like, I think so. everyone? <laughs> I want to say probably. That's funny. Good my them, my main question was, like, legally, how did they do that? But it's I, I want to say... It's PBS. Uh, a lot of that is... A lot of that is like kind of sort of public domain. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of what it's considered now, more or less. So yeah, we hope you enjoyed our little Bob Ross corner, and we have a, hope you guys make some happy accidents today, but not in your pants. <laughs> yes, we have a we have a longer episode coming up um, soon, so keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Until then, follow us on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com/slash/getyourfunk, and uh, like us on Facebook. At facebook.com slash get your funk slash Kyle. <laughs> you can try Bye. going there, but I don't think it'll lead anywhere. Yes. Error 404, sexy not found. <laughs> All right. Bye.